The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. That number again is 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health. Good afternoon, Dr. Good Franklin. Good afternoon. It's a great afternoon. It is, Dr. Great Franklin. Great to see the sunshine. Dr. Franklin Weefold of Millennia Cardiovascular and the Heart Health Radio Network. Absolutely. Sir, uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about, but we'd rather, honestly, talk to folks on the phone. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right, 919-860-9783. We're going to talk about the vaping story that's the number one story uh, health-wise of the week. Um also, premature gray hair may signal heart disease. There's something called Frank's sign and coming up fake news because there's been a bunch of fake news, oh, yeah. medical fake news. that has been terrible. And we'll explain why there's so much. It, it has to do with uh, publicity for yeah. your institution. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. The number again, 919-860-9783. Let's jump into vaping, although we'll get interrupted because there's somebody in the waiting room. Great. So the story is that hundreds of people are getting sick yeah, from it's, vaping. I don't know the exact number, but it's getting bad. Yeah. And the FDA or CDC or all these initial people yeah. are saying to stop vaping. Now, it hasn't been from the Juul, J-U-U-L. It hasn't been from the quote-unquote brand name yeah. vaping products. It's been from the homebrew. Yeah, homebrew. That, that's dangerous. Well, and you know, some people think they're going to save a little money. They're going to get this vial yeah. full of vile-looking substance. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? No, no, no. Uh, let me tell you. Okay, it looks kind of like watered-down used motor oil. Yeah. And the biggest one is the marijuana one. Um, yeah. It's got something in it that's killing you. So let me tell you, I'm not going to go against the FDA or the CDC, but I do think that you should not suddenly quit what you're doing because I don't want you to switch back to cigarettes. Yeah. Now, I will say this. If you're buying a homebrew yeah. and vaping it, I would recommend you stop. That, that won't yeah. get me in trouble with the FDA. No. But I think the Juul, um, and I think the brand name vape products, I believe, are very good for us because they use them instead of smokes. And you're concerned about the other chemicals in an actual smoke, you know, in the smoke yeah. of a cigarette or it's pipe much or whatever. And, right. and I think the bad thing about the Juul and what the company did was make cherry-flavored yeah. vapes and strawberry vapes. Yep. Because... That's what the kids like. Right. And we got to stop that. But I'm telling you, for 70-year-old, 60-year-old people who should not be smoking because of lung disease, cancer, or heart disease, I think yeah. the Juul is wonderful. It's a Juul of a product. Really? Yes. Okay. Connie and Liberty, thank you very much for joining us. Hello. Hi. Hi there. How are you all today? Well, I'm very good. How about you? I'm good. I have called into the show before. I called in about my husband, yeah. and the information you gave me was wonderful. Thank you. And helped me so much. And you had said 
call back and tell you about myself. Yeah. And I was diagnosed with Lyme's disease Ooh. not uh, a year ago this past June. Okay. And I have had heart palpitations. Yeah. I, I do see a heart doctor, but have not talked to the heart doctor since I was diagnosed yes. with the Lyme's disease. And I know that the Lyme's disease does affect the heart. Yes, it does. But I have developed very a lot of autoimmune disease. Just recently was diagnosed with lupus. Oh, wow. And um, I've got fibromyalgia and several different other things that are affecting my blood, my red cell and white cell count. Yeah. But I'm wondering if you can tell me how or what I need to do if you have any information sure. on Lyme's disease and sure. how it does affect the heart. Well, let, let me just start with a story. Um, these kids in Lyme, Connecticut were getting arthritis, and they couldn't figure out what it was. And so... This woman, and I wish I could remember her name. I'm having a, uh, a brain fart. Uh, we're going to talk about senior moments and brain farts in a little bit. But um, she insisted it was from the ticks because all these kids were getting these round bullseye target rashes after a tiny tick bite. Well, uh-huh. nobody took her seriously until a Yale epidemiologist came down to Lyme, Connecticut, and to make a long story short, they discovered that there was a bacteria, it's called a spirochete, to the same family as syphilis, was in these ticks. And the culprit is Borrelia burgdorferi because the guy was Bergdorf who said they could do it. Now, Lyme initially, when it gets in your system, not every time, you'll have a round, let's call it a target rash. So where the tick bit you and the bacteria are, becomes a round thing. Well, then what does it do? It can cause arthritis, which is the number one thing that happened to kids. But as you have suffered, it causes heart problems. I had a 28-year-old guy I was called in to put a pacemaker in because he was in heart block. So the electricity from the top part of the heart wasn't getting down to the bottom part of the heart. And I looked at him and I said, do you go in the woods? He says, yeah, and I had this rash. He had Lyme. Yeah. And so all he needed was some steroids and six weeks of IV antibiotics, and he didn't get a pacemaker. So let me ask you, how did they diagnose your Lyme? Well, for two years, I saw an integrative doctor in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and they could not, I had been having problems with hormones for years. Mm -hmm. I had a hysterectomy when my daughter was young, and I had had problems, problems, problems. And no matter what they put me on, nothing would balance my body. So, therefore, I could not balance my moods, my sleep, nothing. So, I finally found an integrative doctor I went to for two years, up and down, up and down, up and down, trying to get me healthy, to feel good, changed my diet, went gluten-free, went dairy-free. Let me me interrupt you, but did, did they do a blood test on you? Yes, okay. and they, that's when she said, I believe there's more to this. Uh-huh. We need to check you for Lyme's disease, but right. your insurance is not going Yeah, because pay. there's a very, very good test. It's called a Western blot protein test. 
And they can even do now DNA and RNA testing. But they can tell where you have it. Now, you know, the, it, you're probably aware that it's very controversial, or at least it used to be controversial, whether there oh, was a chronic Lyme disease. Yeah. Yeah, I believe there is. Um, and I believe that Lyme and certain individuals can set off autoimmune disorders like you have. Let me ask you a question. Did she recommend intravenous antibiotics for a long period of time? Yes, she did. Okay. And they also recommended an oxygen treatment. Yeah, hyperbaric and oxygen. And found yeah. that, but you know that more people have Lyme's disease than have AIDS. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. And the right. CDC does yeah. not recognize they're Lyme's going, disease. They're going to. Um, the, the thing is that with this new testing... And the problem is, is that there were so many people with chronic Lyme disease who got treated and didn't get better. And so they would say, well, wait a minute, they got the treatment, so they didn't get better, therefore they must not have it. And I think they're realizing now chronic Lyme is very difficult to eradicate. Um, And the changes it makes in your body may be permanent. So, yes, I believe there's chronic Lyme. I'm glad they did your blood test. Um, now, let's talk about your palpitations. Um, I think that's really interesting. Have you been to the cardiologist? You said you went to a cardiologist. What did they tell you the palpitations were from? Well, they gave from? me a stress test. Right. I did do the stress test. Did they have you wear a monitor? I'm sorry? Did they have you wear a monitor? Like no. Two weeks. All right. No. This, uh, let me just say this. Uh, talk to your doctor about wearing a monitor because the palpitations that can come from Lyme disease are treatable. In fact, they're curable. It depends on which ones you have. And does it feel like your heart skips and then all of a sudden a really hard beat or does it Yeah. Beat? And it's, yeah. and it's painful. Yeah. So, I mean, it hurts really yeah. bad. And sometimes I grab my chest. Right. Right. So the, you could have one of two types of premature contractions, and they're both curable. Um, My recommendation, not knowing your whole thing, so I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I would ask your doctor about putting a monitor on for about two weeks so they can see just how many of these things you have and what they are, because they are definitely associated. Lyme can infect your heart and can cause a scar, and the scar can lead to abnormal electricity, and that's actually curable with a procedure called an ablation, a lot of times, certain medicines will treat it too. So it sounds like that you have gotten great care, and I'm really glad that they're on top of things. You've got a long road ahead of you because it's very difficult to treat the things that you've got, but it sounds like you've got a good attitude, and that is numero uno in terms of you getting better. And remember one thing, the right caregivers and sounds like you've chosen good ones, are the best thing for you. Connie, thank you very much. Have a great day. I appreciate it. Uh, the telephone number, 919-860-9783. We are going to get to the idea that if your hair turned gray early in life, or if it fell out, I mean, if you, know, you have baldness early. Male pattern. Male pattern baldness. It, that may be a, an indicator of heart disease. Also, something called Frank's sign has to do with your ears. And Deborah Messing says an entire group of people are crazy. Yeah, Frank News. Frank News. the heart health singers singing fake 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 news and there was a whole bunch of 
fake news in the medical field this week. By the way, number again, 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health. Dr. Franklin Weefald here. And the first one had to do with the vegetarian diet, perhaps putting people at risk of stroke. Yeah. So everybody wants to know what to eat to live longer. Yeah. And so there was a group of physicians at a medical center that I'm really mad at, so I'm not going to name it. And they followed these people who were vegetarian. Yeah. And then they found another bunch of people who were meatitarians, I guess you call them. Yeah. And omnivores. Yeah, yeah. And so then they said, okay, after 10 years, the vegetarians had a slightly higher risk of stroke. Yeah. They had more stroke. Well, they had a little bit less heart disease. You know, the bottom line is that you can't tell when you look backwards and say, okay, for the last 10 years, people who ate veggies, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And this would be very hard to do as a prospective study because how are you going to follow somebody and make sure they're doing a vegetarian diet? Right. What you'd have to do is take 5,000 people, randomize them, flip of the coin, say, now you're yeah. going to be a vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other people can eat meat. The problem is vegetarianism is self-selection. People choose to be vegetarians. And yes. there's probably, you know, there's a social reason. There's a psychological reason, too. Uh-huh. And so what does that mean about their bodies in particular? So what I found very interesting at the end of this article, which had great play, was that they said, you really can't draw conclusions from this. They <laughs> said you going, can't? Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. So why are you telling me? Yeah. So the thing is, is that if you are a vegetarian, I do not want you to sit there and worry that you're going to have a stroke. And I do not want you to think that you are immune from a heart attack. You're not. Right. And so, you know, there, there is a diet. We'll talk about this sometime. That does cure heart disease. It's a weird thing. It's the only thing that cures. It makes your cholesterol go away. It's called the, it's called the um, Ornish diet. Dean Ornish. Really? And it's seaweed. I'm serious. Really? Seaweed's a big part of it. It's clearly vegetarian, but it's like this macro thing where you eat these crazy nuts that only grow in Botswana. Yeah. I'm being hyperbolic. Yeah. It does. But let me tell you, um, hardly anybody stays on it. Sure. Now, he got a bunch of people to stay on it. They had a support group. Because let me tell you something. Yeah. You eat seaweed, you're going to go nuts. Oh, excuse me. I used the wrong pejorative term you're going to be unhappy you'll be unhappy okay so anyway the the other piece of this was even i saw through this one it said drink water on an empty stomach this showed up in my timeline on facebook drink water on an empty stomach and something good would happen or, or bad things wouldn't happen i don't remember what it was but it was silly because they went through the whole process how to properly drink water you had to drink it, and then you you drink a little more, and then you don't eat for 45 minutes, and then you do something else. And, and you know, in this thing, there wasn't even any evidence. They didn't say. That's right. You know, there were 100,000 people we looked at who did this, and they live longer. Okay. Can it, I borrow the article? It basically just says, well, guess what? Water's yeah. a part of your body. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure it is. is. Okay. Yeah. And they said, and you need water for your muscles and your brain. And then it says, you know, if you don't have water, you get a headache. Yeah, that's called dehydration. Yeah, oh yeah. So where do they come up with this this complicated drinking water on an empty stomach as soon as you wake up for 
by 160 mLs. Okay. Okay. Uh, where'd they come up with that? I don't know. Can you imagine all these little old people now who are going to be sitting there in the morning measuring out their cold water mm-hmm. and drinking it and somehow thinking because of this article, they're going to live longer. And I ate my cereal. I ate my cereal first. And that was the mistake because I got to drink it on an empty stomach. Right. Right. I got to drink my right. water. Here's the here's the thing. The, this is the reason I borrowed the article. Yeah. Last line in the article. Anyone can write for Board Panda. That's the website. Start writing. In other words, <laughs> right here on the piece of paper, it says, you know, we'll accept articles from anybody, really. And the person who wrote it, Victoria Kane, is listed as community member, not Victoria Kane, MD, yeah. PhD, or anything else. Yeah. Just somebody with a computer. Well, you know, this is what I would say you should do when you wake up. Yeah. Open your eyes. Yeah. And yeah. breathe. George Burns always looked at the obituaries. If he's not there, he'd have breakfast. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. All right. The other piece of uh, we think fake uh. news, Dr. Weefault says it is, links tramadol with something, again, either a bad thing not happening or a bad thing good happening. I've forgotten. Okay. So tramadol. They, they what went is back that? and looked at the people who'd had tramadol. What is that? Okay. Tramadol is a very interesting medication. It used to, it's, it's an opioid derivative that all of the stuff that makes you high has been taken out of. And so basically on a scale of one to 10, where Tylenol is a six in terms of efficacy. Yeah. Um, I would say Tramadol is an eight. It's a little more effective than two extra strength Tylenol. Yeah. I like to give it because, you know, it used to not be a controlled substance because it doesn't make you high. Now, if you take 270 of them at one time, you might get a little high. Okay, you might throw up, but... Anyway, We're not so, suggesting that. We just say that it could happen. Right. right. And so what they did was they said, are you a tramadol user or not a tramadol user? And slightly more of the tramadol users had sugar, diabetes, yeah. type 2. Yeah. Now, you're going to think, oh, my God, I'm not going to take it because I don't want diabetes. Yeah, nobody Remember, does. Remember, self-selection. People who have a lot of reasons to take tramadol. They may be overweight and have arthritis. Okay. So the point is that people who are overweight and developed arthritis, they have a higher incidence of? Diabetes. Diabetes. Yeah. So this is another thing you have to think about. And I've had patients call me up and say, Dr. Weefall, can you find me another pain pill? Because I don't want to get diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. So don't ever think that what you hear on TV, especially in Facebook, because remember, those are advertisements, a lot of them. Yes, are. they are, yes. And just don't act upon it. Call your doctor, and I'll tell you. Well, I'm not your doctor, but I'm some of you's doctor. Yeah. And I'll explain it to you, that it's not true, it's not a fact, and if your tramadol works, yeah. take it, it's good for you. All right, a real story, not the fake news. Can you handle this topic of premature gray hair? Yeah. Or male pattern baldness and heart disease. Yeah. So what they're saying is that they've looked at people who get prematurely bald and have gray hair, and they have a higher incidence, a significantly higher incidence of heart disease. Now, what does that mean? It means that whatever the genetics are, and believe me, heart disease is genetic. Mm -hmm. Uh, The family history is, I believe, and um, it's controversial, that it's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Now, it, there are about already identified 100 genes 
that are associated with the higher risk. Most of them are clotting genes, believe it or not. Um, they clot the blood, the clots form on the arteries, they cause a stroke because you don't get enough blood flow to your brain, they cause a heart attack. So what I'm saying is, is that they need to look at the genes that are associated that cause male pattern baldness, that, mm-hmm. that cause premature gray hair, because they are associated with the cause of heart disease. So I'm not saying we need to cure gray hair. And I'm not saying we, you know, if you dye your hair, you're yeah. not going to be safe from heart disease. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, low, uh, high HDL, good cholesterol. So they took people with bad levels of HDL and gave them a drug that raised it. Well, they had a higher incidence of death. Yeah. So I'm not saying to use minoxidil to prevent heart disease <laughs> by, right, right. by getting stuff, rid yeah. of your male pattern baldness. Yeah. But there is something about the association, this sign um, of male pattern baldness and early gray hair, premature gray. So we got to find out what causes that, and we can do it. And it's associated with the causes of heart disease. Is your suggestion to a bald man of 35 different from a non-bald man of 35 in terms of how he treats his heart and body? Um, First of all, I think everybody should try to treat their heart well. Okay. But if I see a guy who's 30, yeah. who's male pattern baldness with gray hair, I do tell him that it's possible, it's not 100% association, but it's possible that he has a higher risk and therefore should pay more attention to his cholesterol than usual. Call us up at 919-860-9783. News is next. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM680 WPTF. And the telephone here is uh, 919-860-9783. You're listening to Heart Health on the Heart Health Radio Network. And you can call anytime, specifically, of course, we'd love to have you call between 4 and 5 on a Saturday afternoon. But, you know, you call anytime you want. Uh, and, and we'll get you on the radio. There are a couple of things that appeared in the news. One is related to your no-no diet. I happen to be more or less on the no-no diet. Yeah. And Dr. Franklin Weefold has developed this diet. He hasn't written a book, and he's not putting out brochures or anything, and he doesn't have a health clinic, okay? Yeah. Um, so, I wish I had trademarked it, the no-no diet. Yeah. Because now we've got a real serious health issue with the yes-yes diet. <laughs> Your no-no diet basically tells no me and other white people- flour. White flour. Potatoes. Potatoes. White potatoes. Excuse me. Sweet potatoes are good. Oh, okay. No white flour, uh, white potatoes, and sugar. Because these are the compounds that are turned in your stomach by the bacteria into a single molecule of glucose or sucrose, which becomes fat. So Mm -hmm. fat doesn't make you fat. People think you eat a bunch of fat, you're going to get fat. No? No. it's It's the white flour and sugar. So- some people who are really skinny, they have a bacteria in their gut, we don't know which one it is yet, that prevents these white flour products from being broken down into single molecules. Yeah. Wish we could find that bacteria because I think it'll help a lot of people. Right. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. I choked on a yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so there's this kid, and I just want to know where his parents were. But we won't name him. But He's on the yes, yes diet. Yeah. So what did he eat? Pringles. Yeah. French fries. Yeah. White bread. Yes. Repeat. That was it. 
He didn't eat anything else. He probably had soda no. also. No. No? He drank water. He drank water. He drank it on an empty stomach when he woke up. But anyway, he went blind. Now, I read the article, and I was looking for some sort of early warning signs. Yeah, it's called can't see. I mean, nobody picked up. No. Okay, let me just say this. Where were the parents? This is a kid. Yeah. And the parents said, well, he's just a fussy eater. No B12, no thiamine, no nothing. And that, I mean, he couldn't have done this on vitamins and Pringles, et cetera. Okay. You got to eat more than just the yes, yes diet. So it's really sad. And this kid's damage is probably permanent. He didn't turn diabetic and then had the blindness no, that no. comes with diabetes. It's a n- optic neuropathy. That means that the, the tissues that make up the nerve for sight got destroyed from lack of vitamins. Yes. It's sad. Wow. Got a, uh, I've got somebody you know on line one. Let me Pam. guess. Hold on. It's Shorty. No, it's not Shorty. It's not Shorty. Pam. You are the long-distance dedication on the show today. We're not even playing music, but you're our long-distance dedication. Hi, this sweetie. Is, this is his, Dr. Weefold's medical transcriptionist. Let me, let me tell you, I'm going to introduce you. Pam Van Hoke. She is from Mishawaka, Indiana. Yeah. And when I was in South Bend and I was with the practice there, also team physician, I met Pam. We were both youngsters, 31. Yeah. We're the same age. Yeah. So she started transcribing. Pam, what was that like back then? Did I, was I as terrible as I am now? Yes, pretty much you were. <laughs> but they were these little oh. tapes. Now she gets them by email. Right. Yeah. So tell us about how you started in medical transcription and then what happened to the medical transcription profession. Well, I started in medical transcription in 1978 at a radiology department at a hospital. And I was actually a secretary in the office and the transcriptionist was pregnant and got deathly ill. So my supervisor, who was very old, said, Pam, he called us chickies. He said, you need to sit down. I'll help you. Let's do this transcription. So we had five carbon copy papers on a typewriter that I did transcription. Well, and and the thing is that everybody used to dictate back then. Everybody, it was, it was critical because you would have these short notes that would, you'd just spew it out into a tape recorder. Pam would come to the office. She did it at home and take the tape and do it and then bring these things back. Well, with electronic medical records, some idiot thought he had a brilliant idea. Yeah. Get rid of the transcriptionist. Make the doctors and the nurses and the caregivers sit down at the computer and type up their own notes. So what happened is that you have a 15 minute visit, your note has to be done if you work at Duke University Medical Center or some other place like that before the patient leaves. So you spend 30 seconds with the patient and 14 and a half minutes at the computer typing out your stuff. Now, let me tell you, Pam is invaluable to me. Now, don't ask for a raise yet, Pam. I mean, okay, you're going to get a raise. But anyway, let me tell you, I can mumble. It sounds like this. 
and he thought we fell dictating on blah blah blah, and I'm gonna do it. And she somehow, yeah. after thirty years, transcribes that into a note that is really cogent and yeah. makes me look good. Good, but don't you think that? <laughs> go ahead. No, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> do you still enjoy it, or all the all the times that you have? And I call you up, and you're about to go somewhere, and I need a note right away. She still does it, and but. What do you think about transcription today? Is it coming back because people are realizing it's ruining healthcare because doctors don't have enough time for their patients because they got to do the typing themselves? From what I have heard, it is coming back. I hope there so. There are too many doctors that are not able to see as many patients because they're busy doing their medical record versus a transcriptionist. So I think it's coming back slow but sure. It, yeah. it was all a matter of cost yeah. that they got rid of transcriptionists and but they you, money. You, you know what I refuse to do? So Pam Pam works in Indiana. So the, what she does, she might as well be next door because of the internet. Yeah. So she can get a voice message from me, do it on her computer, type it all up on my electronic medical record, and it's instantaneous at my computer. So she doesn't have to work where I work. But the problem that I had... Uh, or I, I won't do is is that a lot of transcription was being done in India, and they tried to get really cheap rates. The problem was I tell Pam, I don't tell Pam. I ask Pam because let me tell you, I, if I lost Pam, I'd be in a lot of trouble. But I ask Pam, please take the second paragraph from this note, put it in the first paragraph, alter this, and she does it. So yeah. she's not. She's not simply getting words in an ear and moving them to her fingers. Mm-hmm. She's a medical record creationist. Uh, is that the word? She sure. creates medical records. And, and I think she's, yeah, she's the unsung hero. Now, let me tell you how, how close Pam is to me. I call her up one day on a Saturday, and I say, are you in town? She said, no. I said, I really need this note done. She said, tough. <laughs> so about an hour later, I walk into my birthday party. Yeah. She had flown all the way from Indiana to my birthday party. That's why she wasn't. Yeah. Now tell me. That's good. Anybody more loyal. And I will say this, Pam, you are talented, but not only talented, she's brilliant because she can understand what I'm thinking and know where it goes. And then, you know, the other thing is, Mm. she'll call me up and say, did you really want to say this? Because... (laughs) <laughs> this so-and-so, the last two notes ago, yeah, was yeah. cured of this problem. Oh, yeah. And I'll go, oh, oh yeah, thanks. Okay. So shout out every day of the week to Pam. Pam, let me just tell you that those of us on the radio end of Millennia Cardiovascular know exactly what you're going through. <laughs> we really, we really sympathize. Yeah. Pam, thank you. Thanks for calling. Love you, babe. All right. Love you, Bye-bye. Too. So um, we're going to talk about gastric bypass, yeah. which some people think, you know, uh, that's an easy way out for, for, for losing weight or it's a cheater's you know, oh system, but I don't think so. I, I think that's an awfully difficult thing to agree to go through. We're also going to talk. Not well, anymore. No, but my point is, I mean, you, yeah. you gotta, you're going to convince yeah. your insurance well, we, company. One of the goals get, of, this, of yeah. this health network yeah. is to make people understand that all these shibboleths, you know, I like that word. All these things that are supposed to be true and known yeah. are wrong. Okay. Talk about gastric bypass, 
Deborah Messing, the actress, saying that certain people are crazy. Doesn't seem to make sense. She's not a qualified medical professional. Even if she was, yeah, even it's if she a was. bad thing to say. And one of our presidential candidates is having symptoms. How far should the media or even doctors on television go? Not very. Not very. Telephone number here, 919-860-9783. This is the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up and down. This is the world-famous shout-out segment, during which time we sometimes uh, give shout-outs to people who have done something good for us, or who's done who have done things for us that are for themselves that are good. I just want to give a shout-out to Dr. Franklin Weefault, who is desperately trying to find the name of the person he told you me are so you were going to shout out i am I kathleen yes, kathleen so. kathleen in chapel hill hold on just a moment we've got to shout out somebody who is it okay. who is it dr Weefold. oh I'm, i thought we had somebody on the air yeah, we do i'm but having she's a biden moment joseph schneider i saw him a month ago yeah he went on the no-no diet yep came back a month later yeah 15 pounds that's excellent yeah so that's shout excellent. him out all right. Kathleen in Chapel Hill, thank you for waiting and calling. And how can Dr. Weefold help you? Hi, Kathleen. She probably hung up because I had a Biden moment. You still there? There you yeah, are. Can here. you hear me? Hi, Kathleen. Turn off your radio. Does dumb inflammation affect the heart? Can it cause heart attacks? And is taking vitamin C good? To prevent inflammation. All right. She's taking vitamin C to prevent inflammation. Is this a good strategy? Okay. Preventing inflammation is a very good strategy. Okay. There is not enough information yet on vitamin C to say it's absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a bunch of studies that say it does lower generalized inflammation. There are some that say it doesn't. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I take it. Mm -hmm. I'm not recommending that people take it only because there is not enough hard data that says it's not true. I take two grams. Uh Um, It it does in general. um, It's generally a good thing to reduce inflammation because it's the inflammation that causes a heart attack. I will say that um, it doesn't hurt you. And there is some evidence that it does reduce inflammation, help your immune system be stronger. So if you're taking it, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not saying stop. I think that it may be a very good thing, and it won't hurt you. Okay. In addition, I just wondered about gum infections, too. Does periodontal disease affect the yes, heart? Yes, absolutely. We had somebody on the show who's a periodontist. The reason is the same thing that you're trying to fight, which is inflammation. So yeah. the gums, I mean, I remember somebody once was told by a dentist, your teeth are fine, but your gums got to go. I mean, <laughs> basically, underneath the gum, where it meets the tooth, if you have a chronic infection, it turns red because the immune cells are trying to kill the bacteria. Mm-hmm. And they produce all these other immune-attracting uh, chemicals called leukotrienes and, and immune model- modulators that inflame the whole body. Uh-huh. So people who have bad teeth can have a higher risk 
of a bad heart. If you have bad teeth, don't think that you're definitely going to die of a heart attack. Okay. But if you have a bad heart, you need to get your teeth fixed. There's okay. no, no question about it. You sound like you've got nice teeth. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Just Good. Occasionally, I do get kind of an inflamed mouth from maybe what I'm eating or overeating or too much sugar or something. So I have Sh- to Sugar is very bad for you. Sugar is yeah. bad. In fact, marathon runners, yeah. uh-huh. not only do they die because of uh, early, because they're having injuries that cause inflammation, but they have bad teeth and they figured out why. It's all those energy things that they take during a marathon. You know those gummies? Yeah. Oh, yes. It's all full of sugar. And so it is true that if you are a marathon runner and you eat those gummies, you're at high risk for tooth decay. Hmm. Kathleen, thank you. Okay. Hey, thank you. say hi to Chapel Hill for me. One of my favorite places. Okay. <laughs> Will do. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. So uh, gastric bypass in young people, is this, it's, a, it's, is this a good thing? In my opinion, yes. based on scientific knowledge, it's the way to go. It, it is a shibboleth that people who are obese are lazy and overeaters. It is just not true. It is a genetic thing. It may be that their bacteria, which are allowed to live in their stomach, mm-hmm. over-digest white flour and sugar and turn it into excess fat. Yeah. That may be one theory. But the caloric intake is not that different. So it used to be thought that if you went through gastric bypass surgery, that meant you were morally weak and, meant, and just a bad person. It's the only thing that's been shown to cure diabetes, type 2 diabetes. And it is a good thing. I try to get every single person who is morbidly obese yeah. to lose weight yeah. the traditional way. There are three medications that I use. Um, I've seen, I've got um, uh, Melissa, who's allowed me to talk about this, who's in my practice. But Melissa Chambers has lost 80 pounds. That's great. In one year. The interesting thing is she's had gastric bypass before, but it didn't work for her. some reason. She gained the weight back. Yeah. But on this three-drug three, three drug regimen, which we can talk about later, it worked. And she's on sort of a no-no diet, but every now and then she's a yes-yes person. Yeah. But it, let's shout her out. She's a wonderful person, too. Excellent. And worth her, worth, I said worth her weight in gold. Well, that's Guess what? She's not worth as much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Actress Deborah Messing from uh, some Will, Will and Grace, and Grace. Yes, uh, says that Trump people are crazy. Well, no, specifically. What? No. African-Americans. Oh, who vote for who Trump. Who vote for Trump yeah. are and not crazy. She used the word mentally ill. Yeah. Now, let me just say this. I mean, liberals, and rightly so are supposed to be for the downtrodden. Okay. There's no more group of people who've been um, oppressed and thought ill of and have been discriminated against than people in our country and around the world who have mental illness. It is a brain disease. It is because the neurons in your brain and the chemicals that are transmitted are not functioning to their utmost. I'm not going to say normal because who is really normal up there? So what she is doing is categorizing a group of people, African-Americans who support Trump, and guess what? That's 10% of the African-American population. Okay. It's not zero. Yeah. But he's, she's, she's denigrating them, but also denigrating people who have brain illness that results in mental dysfunction. Yeah. So she should be ashamed of herself 
for trying to shame African Americans whose political views are different from hers. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, also shames those who have a brain illness that leads to mental or personality dysfunction. And they're, yeah. they're the ones that she's supposed to love. The mentally ill, and she that everybody says. should. Well, that's everybody what I'm saying. Everybody should have patience see, for and understanding The for. liberals are better than us because they love them more. Okay. She's a terrible person. All right. I'm going to tell you this right now. Deborah Messick, if you are listening, you are a terrible person. Hmm. Terrible. Joe Biden has had some health issues, but he's also had some memory issues. Yeah. Well, do you know what his health issues were? He had a burst aneurysm. Yes, he did. And he nearly died. And he had heroic doctors who helped him. Um, And then they did another aneurysm before it burst. And this was many years ago. Do I think Joe Biden has a health problem? I do not know because I haven't examined him and I'm not going to say whether he does or not. But I can tell you this to make hay out of his. I'm gonna, I hate the word senior moment because that's pejorative to seniors. I've got some seniors who are sharper than you and me and they're 96. Yeah, it's pejorative. I would say brain fart. And I, if anybody's offended by my term. No, that's fine. But it, I mean, I have them all the time. I have the other kind too. Yeah. But it's normal to have <laughs> periods of when time. You, you say the other kind. Well, you know, not brain. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. But anyway, Went so it's head. normal to have periods where yes. you lose your train of thought. Yes. And you stumble upon words. Right. And what they don't, have you seen him on, um, what's that show, uh, C-SPAN? Yeah. You're a remarkable speaker. Mm-hmm. Yep. And every now and then he has a brain fart. Okay. But what they're doing now is focus. I mean, it's like, it's like when the press travels with Trump, they're waiting for him to get assassinated. They can't lose him mm-hmm. for one minute. And so they, all they do now is show his, um, uh, Josephine, uh, yeah, you know, the girl is my wife. Uh, if he says something wrong, right. or, it or, must be indicative of a major right. problem. Now, let's right. talk about his eye. All of a sudden, he's speaking. Yes. And his eye turned red. Yes, it How did. can he be president of the United States? So you got a red eye. Is that a big deal? No. Really? It's called a subconjunctival hemorrhage. We get them all the time. People get them. Even though you're, the, the whites of your eyes are white, yeah. they're full of blood vessels. Yeah. And kids can get them. Parents can get them. Anybody can get them. His just happened to be while he was speaking. Yeah. It's benign. So let's judge Joe Biden by yeah. his politics, by okay. his moral character, but forget about the brain thoughts and forget about his eye. And we're not going to call the president crazy either. Well, and here's the thing. Um, it's bad to use those terms on anybody. Yeah. Because it's number one, not true or probably not true. And number two, the diagnosis of somebody having a brain illness that leads to mental or psychological problems mm-hmm. is difficult to do and should be done by a trained professional. Okay. If you missed this show, that is, if you're listening now but didn't hear the whole thing, later tonight it's going to be on iTunes and WPTF.com. Go ahead and get the podcast, listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Want a transcript? Tune in next Saturday at 4 with a pencil and paper. Write it all down. 
<laughs> Just write it all down. All right, that's all our time. This is Heart Health on WPTF. The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.